It's called the Word of God, right? And uh, he's, he showed us the, the things that ways we should live, the things that should be important to us, and, and how we should be an inspiration to other people. And, and it really works best when he becomes the center of it all. In other words, your decisions are made uh, based upon Jesus being the center of your life. Amen? I mean, you know, it really makes a big old difference. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Let's have a word of prayer, shall we, for the, the message this morning. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that you've given us this body. That you've given us this opportunity to be able to come together and once again to honor you. I pray that any guests that would be here among us today would see a people who love the Lord more than anything else. I pray that that would testify to them about uh, the relationship that can be had, it can be experienced, and, and, and it's real, it's relevant to, to life as it happens today. It doesn't just stop after we leave from this place. I thank you, Lord, that, that uh, you are, are desiring to rule and reign in our lives, you're desiring to lead us and guide us, and, and the, the inspiration that we get from gathering together, Lord, spurs us on in love. It spurs us on in actions. And, and Lord, it lets our faith be exercised. And so I thank you, Lord, for the body. I thank you for this gathering. And, and, and we pray now that, that this word that will be shared, those words that you've laid upon my heart, and that you will allow for your, your children, God, your sheep, to be recipients, to be hearers, God, and listeners of your word, so we can be doers of your word. We give you the praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today I have a message for you. It's called Pressing On. Pressing On. It's so important to, to understand that principle of pressing on. But, but before we do, I want to uh, say thank you to all of you who are going to be praying for us this week. Uh, a number of our staff is also going to be gone. Pastor Raymond is going to be with the, the senior high kids. Pastor Dan and Dana and myself are going to be there with the, uh, the kids at Kids Camp. But Judy Henry is going up as a nurse. And Larry Crumble is coming up as another assistant. And so uh, just pray for us all uh, that everything will go smooth and well. Uh, we have kids that will be uh, being transported tomorrow morning many are leaving at six early at six o'clock in the morning and uh, 33 different kids amen just on this particular week that are going to be gone isn't that awesome amen so uh we're happy about that happy that the lord has uh, given us the opportunity to do that thank you for your faithfulness and helping the kids to get there uh we you know we we have people who believe in camp believe it makes a difference and and i know that i do because uh, it's made a big difference in my life and i want to see it to keep on making a difference in other people's lives so anyway, I, I I'm, want you to turn your scriptures, if you would, to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. For people who have been in the body of Christ for a long period of time, this particular passage will be a familiar one to you. Um, at least if you've been in the church for a while, you've heard messages probably on this subject matter. And we're going to use this passage as a, as a leaping uh, point into uh, helping us to understand that it's important to keep pressing on even when we don't understand the path. How many of you have ever wondered about the path that God has you on? <laughs> you ever wonder, like, well, Lord, do I have to go here first? Do I have to deal with this situation first? Why? I mean, why, if, if you are for me, the Bible says, who can be against me? Well, sometimes it feels like there's more against me than there are for me. That's what it feels like, all right? Now, how many of you are glad that we don't live according to feelings? We're not supposed to live according to feelings. Whatsoever we think on, all right, we're supposed to take captive the thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And when God says that He has created you to be more than a conqueror, amen? That's exactly what He means. 
and an an overcomer. He's called us to special things. and, And yet, at different times, the enemy comes and distracts us and detours us from the plan that God has for our lives. And, and, and because we want to choose the path of least resistance. How many, when given a choice, usually choose the path of least resistance? You really wouldn't go that way that's going to cause for you to be stretched and strained and, 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 and even provoked, all right, or, or spurred on. But it's so important that we recognize that that's exactly what the Lord wants to do for us from time to time and in order to grow us up. So in, in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12, I want to read this particular passage from the NIV version. It says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which for Christ Jesus has took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I want you to watch this quick little video here. I know the basketball season is over, but it's kind of a pretty cool little uh, clip here. Go make sure that audio is on if you would, please. Went too far. I was impatient. (laughs) Maybe we'll see that. She's got control. the game I press on how many of you feel hard pressed <laughs> at different times we feel hard pressed do we not but those 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 phrases that were there kind of stick in my mind and I find those things in our scripture here that uh, I want us to just kind of point out not that I've already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, I don't consider myself yet to take hold of it, but one thing, just say one thing, (laughs) if there can be one thing that God wants you to do, He wants you to be successful in pressing on and getting a hold of the prize. He wants you to get off the bench. He wants you to get in the game. He's like, I don't know if I have the talent. I don't know if I have the giftings. You, you've seen that one phrase in there. He, he has created you to take the shot. You know what that means in basketball? That means when you're down to the closing seconds, and, 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 and like the game is on the line, and you're behind, and, and, and the team puts the ball in your hand, 
and you're, you're saying, I want the ball. Give me the ball, because guess what? I, I, I may not be, all right, the best player or such, or maybe you think that you are, but, but regardless, I am not afraid to step out in faith and to take that shot. I'd rather take the shot trying. You know, you've seen batters come up, and we'll mix a little bit of our sports together, but, but how many of you have seen batters come up and, and strike out before? You know, and in, in Little League and growing up, you know, someone always said, you know, when someone would strike out swinging, they were kind of commended for that, right? It's better to go down swinging than it is to not even try at all. Better to swing at it. Better to get off the bench. Better in order to make an effort so that, guess what? God can take and use that effort and multiply it for His glory. It's so important for us to realize that. He says, listen, the one thing I do is I forget what is behind. I forget what is behind. And someone's saying, well, there's been a lot of good things that's happened. There's been a lot of bad things that's happened. How many of you want to forget some things in the behind? <laughs> Amen? But you know what? It's the good and the bad. It's the things that would distract us. It's the things that would cause us to be more excited about our past memories than we are excited about our future that God has for us. He says this. He says, forget what is behind and strain. Say strain. And put the look on your face when you say it. Strain. I mean, I strain, all right, toward the what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's so important that we understand this. And, 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 and there's a passage uh, and, and an account that took place in Paul's life that just kind of res- been resonating in me for a couple weeks now as I was pondering and pl- planning this, this message. And, and it's found in Acts chapter 27. Go to Acts 27, if, if you would, please. I've got a couple, a couple things here, a couple points I want to make for you. You see, here, the very first thing I want you to understand is that we need to press on through the storms. Press on through the storms. In Acts 27, verse number 9, you'll find a particular occasion where Paul has been in captivity, basically, for a while. He's been arrested, and uh, he stirred up all kinds of trouble, and uh, he has requested to be able to go before Caesar, all right? Be, go, go, go to Rome, be able to explain his case. They brought false charges against him. He said, listen, I'm a Roman citizen. You've got no reason to hold me, but guess what? You've done it, and because you've done it, I'm demanding you take me and let me go to Rome, all right? Let me plead my case. And as he's in captivity, he finds himself on a journey. And this journey, all right, is a little, it's, it's, it's the past, the missionary journeys, all right, that he's done. And so, you know, as far as he's going to these particular places, but he finds himself still on mission. Look at your neighbor and say, guess what? There's always a mission. There's always a prize, there's always a goal, there's always a purpose, there's always a plan that God has for your life. It doesn't stop. He says, not that I've already obtained this. He's accomplished great things. He's established churches. He's written letters. He's provoked and promoted people into places of ministry. But guess what? He says, it isn't over yet. After I've done all this, and in my captivity, I'm still going to go out and stay on mission. And he goes out in mission, and, he, and he's taken in captivity, and he finds himself traveling on these different ships. And, 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 then, and, then, and you could read before uh, this particular passage that we're going to read, and you could see that he says it was a very difficult way. It was very challenging all along the way. It seemed like there was lots of things that was against them. 
But they continue to press on. They continue to strain ahead. Press on through the storms. Look at this verse with me. Much time had been lost in verse number 9. And, and sailing had already become dangerous. By now it was after the fast. And so Paul warned them. He warned them. He says, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous. Here in the Apostle Paul, now he's not getting a, a word from the Lord, but he's just being the weatherman, all right? <laughs> How many would like to be paid what the weatherman get to predict the weather, all right? Yeah, that'd be the kind of job I'd like, right? You don't have to be right most of the time at all, all right? Because it, you can say, but anyway, Paul says, I could see this, that our voyage is going to be disastrous and, great, and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. And since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. There was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. And when a gentle uh, south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and they sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. I just, what, what else are we going to do? They basically took their hands off the controls. We, we don't know what to do here. We're just being blown. We're blown so far off course, we can't get to where we need to go, and we might as well just give up until this thing goes over because the more we fight it, the harder it is and the more damage that is caused. So as we passed to the, to the lee of a small island called Caudia, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. I want you to see everything that is going wrong here. It's so bad, we can't even make sure that the lifeboats, whether they be hanging over the side, they must have been because then it goes and says they hoisted them aboard they, they, they wanted to make sure they didn't lose the lifeboat, so they pulled them on board, and they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. I'm not sure if they had some deep-sea diving people or whatever they went under the other, but, but they basically took some ropes, some pretty strong ropes, and, 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 and threw them under, and someone grabbed them, and they pulled them up and tied them together to hold the ship together. How many of you know that doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence, Right? You're going on a cruise ship, and you start to see some ropes hanging over the side, holding things together. It doesn't bring much peace of mind, right? <laughs> I mean, fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. Now, rather than picking up the anchor, they throw it into the ground and say, maybe this will slow it to us down. It's getting pretty dire here, right? We took such a violent battering from the storm and the next day, they began to throw cargo overboard. They're throwing the cargo, the things that they're being, the merchant who's being paid to transport this stuff says, it doesn't even matter if I get paid because this stuff isn't worth my life. There's some weighing going on. There's some things that are in the balance. Life or cargo? Um reputation or, or, or life. I mean, all kinds of things are weighing up. And, they, and, so, and then on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Their means, their ways to be able to live, their sustenance. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storms continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Now listen, I think that each of us can agree with this point, and that is that sometimes the paths that we lead, the paths that we travel, the storms that we experience are self-inflicted. How many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> 
I mean, we make some decisions from time to time that gets us traveling down a path. And, and if we would have listened to somebody, like the Apostle Paul said, right? Now, no one likes to hear that. No one likes, if you would have listened to me, no one likes a, a smart mouth, right? Or, uh, you know, they, they don't like that person very much. But, but guess what? There are some things that God has, has orchestrated and set in place for us. And rather than us choosing the path that He would have for us to go, we've created our own storms. We create our own friction, our own challenges. And, and you know, that, that happens in life. Sometimes we can see the storms coming. It doesn't take uh, you to be, have a degree in, in, in uh, you know, to be a, a weatherman in order to be able to see the things that are happening. We can see the, the pending storms that are coming our way. But you know what? Still sometimes we don't prepare properly. We find ourselves out, being thrown about, wondering whether or not we're actually going to live Letting go of anything that we thought was important, everything that we lived for before, all of a sudden does have, doesn't have any importance compared to life itself. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And they had gave up all hope of being saved. Some days it gets so dark and you could be so lost that you can't even tell or know where the sky is. Amen. What's up? I mean, it's so that's how dark it was. They didn't even know night from day. That's some serious storms. Now, in the analogy of the storms that you experience in life, I'm sure that some of you have been there. You'd wondered. You said, you know what? This has got, I've got to have a reprieve from this at some point. Whether this be self-inflicted, whether I should have listened to someone or, 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 or not, here is the situation that I'm in, and the storms of life are wrecking me. That's what happened to them. You go on and you continue reading in the verses that follow. We find that they are going to experience a shipwreck. Now listen, I want to let you know something. There's a certain attitude that people have that will sink them every time. But there's some people who have an attitude that says, no matter the circumstances, I'm going to thrive. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not just going to survive. I'm going to thrive. All right? It's not about that. There was an invalid who was told that he could never escape from his prison of pain and weakness. And you know what his response was? Oh well. There's not a lot of living to be found within your limitations if you don't, or there, there is a lot of living to be found within your limitations if you don't wear yourself out fighting them. I want you to get this. I want you to understand. Sometimes the fight against the storms, the fight with regards to not understanding that, that some of this could be coming. And God has a purpose. He has a plan to bring you through on the other side. You can't see anything that's going to make any sense for you. But guess what? God's got a way to bring you out on the other side. But it may take you down a path that you really don't want to travel. My question is this. Will you be obedient and still follow? Will your mind, will you be able to take it captive and say, Lord... I didn't want to go this way. I know I put myself in this position, uh, or maybe I didn't. But here it is. I know this one thing. That song that we sang, His love never fails, ought to resonate within you on a regular basis. Amen? Press on in spite of the shipwreck. Press on in spite of the wrecks that are happening in your life. You know, when they first manufactured golf balls, they made the cover smooth. How many of you know that? Any golfers in here? Raise your hand. Okay, I asked this before, all right? I was looking to see if anyone went and practiced, all right? 
Okay, now how many hackers are in here? All right. We, we don't really want to call ourselves that. But, but when they first started manufacturing those golf balls, all right, they made them smooth. But they discovered that after roughing up the outward surface of the ball, they actually traveled further after the scuffing. And so they began to manufacture the, the, the golf balls that we use today with these little dimples on them. And the dimples actually affect the flight pattern and the path and such. It's, it's amazing. So many people lose sight of where God is taking you because of the wrecks that happen in life. But I want to tell you something. God's got a plan. If you're a child of God, there is not a hair on your head that is ever being touched or affected without God knowing what's going on. He is working together for your good in all things. Say all things. You say, well, well, Pastor, uh, even in the wrecks in life, even when the, the great tragedy, even when the great heartache, when I lose someone I love, God, or I thought if He's a God of love, how can He take things from me? Some people have a hard time singing that song about He gives and takes away. There's a song that we sing. You know, but, but, but the point is, the taking away, if God's involved with it, is always for our good. Where some people can't see that and they say, you know what, that taking away is going to destroy me. They lost all hope. They gave up hope of being saved because they looked at the conditions around them. But thanks be to God, He comes with a word. He comes with a hope. He comes with a message. And He says, listen, I know that you're feeling a little scarred. I know that you're feeling a little bit scratched up. But listen, in spite of it all, I've got a plan for your life, right? Look in here and see what happens in verse 21. After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. There he goes. <laughs> Paul says, I, said, I told you so. <laughs> if you'd have listened to me, we wouldn't have been here, all right? But then you would, have spared, you would have spared your lives this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. You know what courage is, right? What is courage? Anyone tell me what courage is. Is that the lack of fear? What is courage? Someone tell me what courage is. You keep on... Courage is the ability to look at fear, to look at the obstacles, to look at the challenges, and say, you know what? Everybody with any common sense at all ought to be afraid right now. Because things aren't looking very good. But guess what? I have courage from God. I choose to go ahead. I choose to forge the path ahead. He says, listen, you need to stir up your courage. Keep up your courage. Overcome the fear with the hope. Because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. Well, that sounds like halfway good news. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 how many of you, you know if you could choose to... to you survive or, or, you know, a ship be destroyed, you'd be happy for being survived. But listen, if God can do that, why doesn't He take the ship into port? Why doesn't He, you know, bring it right up alongside? I mean, I mean if, God, if God is involved in this process and He can do whatever He wants to, why doesn't He do it the easy way? Let's take a look here. Last night, an angel of God, whose I am... Who's I, um, angel of the God, whose I am and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. What did he say? 
He said, listen, you've got a mission. You've got a mission to accomplish. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. <laughs> Here comes the bad news. But regardless of everything else that's going on, you have to understand, we must run aground on some island. They're all excited. They're, they're here in the very first part they said, you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved. God's, uh, you know, the, the God of Paul is going to save us. And then, oh yeah, but you're going to run aground. No one gets excited about that. The path to our purpose is not always a direct path. It's not always a path that we would choose. It's not always free from the potential of dangers. Sometimes we're going to find ourselves clinging to a piece of wood in order to stay afloat. If you go on and you read in this text, you see that that's exactly what happened. You, you could see where the, the ship, they, they got close and they started measuring out and seeing that they were getting closer to ground and closer to shore. And, and, and as they began to do that, they threw out even more anchors to slow them down. And when they began to be slowed down, they finally ran into shore, ran into a sandbar that was there. And the waves and the winds were so ferocious that it came up against the back of the boat and just smashed it to pieces. Now, that, that wasn't before, and you'd have to go back and read these chapters, read chapters 27 and 28, and you could see what exactly was going on. They, they were so af afraid, they thought they were going to die, that they, they even got to the point where they quit eating. I've got to be pretty scared in order to not eat. Anyone else like that? <laughs> but they went, they went multiple days without eating. Paul looked at them and he says, you know what? You're not even taking care of yourself, but go ahead and eat this last meal. But it's not a last meal before you die, it's a last meal before you live. Because you need some strength, because you're going to be getting thrown off of this boat, alright? This boat's going to be busted all apart. You need to find your piece of wood, you need to find your barrel, you need to find what it is, hold on to it, and get to shore. And no one's excited about that kind of travel, right? But that's exactly what God was going to allow to have happen. And you might say, why? I don't know why, except that God is allowing for us to be able to see that He will come through with exactly what He said He would do. And He isn't so much concerned about the circumstances or the situations. He's concerned about the mission. I press on, He says. I press on because God has called me to a higher calling. God has a bigger purpose for my life than what I can even see. And when I think it's all done... When I think it's all wasted, when I think about the decisions that I've made and how it's messed up, guess what? I also recognize that God, the God who is a restorer of all things, has the ability to put me back together again. To bring me back onto course. To do what He wants to do. Here's the thing. The third thing is this, that we need to press on in spite of the bite of the enemy. What am I saying? For those of you who know the, the, the account there, you know in Acts chapter 28, that Paul went up and he made it there and, and everybody made it you know, to the island. They were safely on shore, just like he said. Everybody was in live and, and the island where they were at was called Malta. And the islanders showed them unusual kindness. I should have, I should have done that right there. I should have underlined that as well. Unusual. How many of you know that when God's involved with some things, you can expect for unusual safeguards, unusual experiences. The usual thing would have been for them to disregard them. But when God's involved, there were some unusual circumstances that began to happen 
out of their adversity. And they built a fire and they welcomed us because it was raining and cold. And here's what Paul does. Paul goes, he's, he's part of the, 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 the trip he, and he's part of the, the team and he, he goes out and gathers some wood and, and, and he puts it on the fire and a viper, a viper driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. Driven out by the heat. Now, 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 I, I, I always want to be careful, you know, but, but I think about the heat. The heat of what? The heat of the fire that was there. But I think about, you know what? When we're involved in our circumstances, the things going on, wouldn't it be cool if there's a little bit of fire within us also? Where the enemy gets a little bit irritated and, 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 and turned up because there's going to be a fire underneath him? Huh? Listen, some of you need to know what the destiny of the devil is, amen? You need to know your adversary. You need to know he does have some power, but he doesn't have power over you. You need to know that he's squirming right now. I said, he's nervous right now. The enemy knows what's in store for him. Do you know what's in store for him? Because guess what? We buckle down. We cower down. We get all kind of like we, we just can't even function. We can't even move on. We lose hope. We lose courage. We lose the fight over someone that God says we should be able to trample upon. We could be able to pick up. Am I, no, we're not, no snake handling here for any guests. All right? We don't do that, all right? <laughs> but here's the deal. You can go out and you can be doing the business of God, the business of the kingdom, and the enemy can be trying to distract you every bit along the way, as he should be doing, but he knows what is his destiny, and he's squirming, and he's jabbing, and he's throwing venom, and he's trying to do whatever he can do to distract you, discourage you, defeat you, make you be disappointed in circumstances and situations, but guess what? Greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Amen? Now you either believe it or you don't. If God is for me, who can be against me? And, and Paul, I love his reaction because it, it doesn't say he reacted in any other way but just said he, he shook, it, shook it off. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. The suppositions, the suspicion that started to take place, the judgment that was there, he must have done something wrong. I mean, yeah, he lived through the shipwreck. He came through the storm, but... God, his God ain't going to let him. He must have really done something wrong because judgment's coming on him. Before they even knew what was going on, before they even knew what was, being, what was, going, what was happening, they decided that they were forming a particular type of judgment and a supposition. But oh, how wrong they were. How wrong they were. For instead, it says here, but Paul shook the snake off and back into the fire. I want you to get a picture of that. I want you to get a picture of that. Paul didn't freak out. Paul didn't jump up and down. He didn't say, He just shook that thing off. He, he wasn't scared. He, he, he didn't send a letter to anybody you know, afterwards. He said, I can't believe God would do this to me. He wasn't affected at all. He just shook it off and suffered no ill effects. Dirty, rotten serpent. <laughs> Tried to kill me in a storm. Tried to kill me in a shipwreck. 
try to you still trying the devil trying to distract and detour and, 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 and cause for us to lose focus of our mission. Listen, God Almighty has told me I've got a mission. He told me that I was being saved from this storm, from this shipwreck. He says, I gotta appear before Caesar. I gotta present the gospel. I'm on the team, I'm on the court. I got full court press right now, amen. I'm going forward in his name. Get off of me. Get off of me, amen? We've got to tell the devil, let go. You've got no authority in my life. Your, your, your destiny's already been determined. It's fixed for you. He shouldn't have power over you. He shouldn't be able to, to, to make you be intimidated. You need the spirit of David, amen, which was the spirit of the Holy Ghost within you, that you would come and say, the gods of the army of Israel are with me, amen? It's so important that you realize God is on your side. Does it mean that hard things won't happen? No. Does it mean that the storms in life won't take place? No. Does it mean that you won't feel wrecked in certain circumstances and situations? No. But how about not panicking? How about not yelling at God? How about instead recognizing that He's got a plan for your life? He's put people around you in your path, maybe even a bracer from time to time. Anybody know those kinds of people? Yeah, we know them. <laughs> all right, husbands and wives quit poking each other. <laughs> the kind of brazen I'm talking about, all right? <laughs> They're there for your good. If they were just like you, all right, then, then you know, <laughs> you wouldn't have any fun. <laughs> Come on, how many of you know that, that adversity does present some challenges, but when you overcome those adversities, it, it, it gives us a celebration time, amen? Yeah. I'm so glad my wife's not like me. <laughs> Hello? Oh, come on, there's some people, I mean, you, 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 say, you, you try to make everybody, you know, like you. What? That'd be boring. Amen. <laughs> Says John, I believe it. Thank you, brother. You, yeah. <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> it's awesome to realize that God has made us different because he's got a plan. He's got a plan that his healing Holy Spirit will come in and make a difference in the land just as it did there in Malta. I mean, take a look at this, this particular scripture here. There was an estate nearby that belonged to, to Publius and, and the chief official of the island, and he welcomed us to his home, all right? And for three days he entertained us hospitably. And while his father was sick and, and, and suffering from uh, fever and dysentery, and Paul went in to see him, and after prayer, say after prayer, and you know that's important, right? <laughs> Getting in the presence of God, acknowledging a dependency upon Him. Any church has to move forward. We have to be praying, amen. Individuals have to be praying. You don't have to wait for a church called prayer meeting. We ought to be having prayer on a regular basis. You ought to be broadcasting and public, publicizing, amen, on Facebook your prayers. Oh my goodness, we could go all that way with Facebook. <laughs> we see the things that are published on Facebook, don't we? 
We see the complaints and we see the cut downs and we see all the put downs and all those types of things happen. What would happen if the body of Christ, if the church of Jesus Christ started going ahead and publicizing that gospel on there, amen? In a, in a, in a very uh, a strategic and intentional way, began to say, you know what, I just want to tell you all today, all my friends, some of you know God, some of you don't, but He's still on the throne today. This is what He's done for me. This is what He can do for you. How about using the methods that we've been given today to start to promote the gospel rather than to get caught up in the things of this world? Amen? Amen. <laughs> Healing words. After prayer, he placed his hands on them and healed him. And when this had happened, the rest of the sick in the island came and were cured. They honored us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. Once again, God Almighty providing what is needed right at the right moment, at the right time, not the way in which they wanted it. Who wanted to be shipwrecked? Who wanted to be slowed down? Who wanted to be detoured? Nobody did. But when you let your emotions, as Kelly talked about today, be guided by what you have happening in front of you, rather than you fixing your eyes upon Him, you will miss out on the mission that God has for you. They finally arrived at their destination. I want you to see what happens here. This goes all the way to the end of Acts 28. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. And boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you want to see God move some mountains, bring you through some storms, Amen? In spite of the shipwrecks, in spite of the snake bites, you shake it off, emotionally sound, solidly strong, spiritually sound, body of Christ that says, you know what, it doesn't matter. We traveled a whole different path than what we thought. There, there was forefathers and, and, and mothers and patriarchs and matriarchs of this fellowship that have prayed for this fellowship before they ever knew that we even have this building. They sweated. They cried out in tears and they said, God, we see one day that there will be a people of God who will, be, uh, will, will take what we have given to them and they will build upon it and they will also be praying and they will also be broadcasting, they will also be publishing, they will also be out there promoting the gospel. They seen that, they prayed that. You are the answer to somebody's prayers. You're here today because God has a plan for you, Amen. The enemy wants you to stop short. He wants you not to believe that God has a plan. I tell you today, don't get caught up with the path. Don't become discouraged and, and distraught because of the path. But listen to what he's saying and, and look for his guidance. Look for, for where God is in things. Central's traveled many different paths and has used many different methods. We've experienced different types of storms. There's been loss of life. Heartache of parents who've lost kids. Heartache of kids who've lost parents. Heartache of, of individuals, family members who are here today whose kids aren't serving the Lord today or parents aren't serving. There's been a falling away. I say to you today, don't let the storms of life beat you down. God says you've got a purpose. You're still here. You're breathing. Your heart is beating. He's got something that He wants you to do. Don't give up! The inflictions of the enemy are just to distract you and discourage you. You need to shake it off. Shake it off, amen? That's when God can begin to use us.
some of those different paths show up at different points and times in our life. And, and as a matter of fact, we as a church right now are experiencing a transition that's, that's going to be challenging for us, maybe even unprecedented. Because I've, I, I've never been part of a church and that really has the things that I'm going to explain to you happen all at once kind of before, all right? I want to tell you something. God's on the throne. God's got a plan for Central. And, um, and, and he sends us different people at different times to help us to get from one place to the next. And if you're a guest here today, this is kind of some family news. And we're glad that you can be here. But we just want you to know how we love on one another and how we share uh, life together with one another. But uh, it, it, right now, we've had given to us in the form of gifts a pastoral staff that serve you on a regular basis, that pray for you, that, that serve you, that do whatever they can to, to make ministry uh, available, opportunities available for you, to give you, to prepare you for works of service. From time to time, people come and other people go. And, and what I'm going to share with you is we've got a, a number of people that are in a transitionary period in their own lives. And, and it's, 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 um, it's sad because we form relationships with people and it's, and it's difficult and it's challenging and it's a different path than what we may have chose. But guess what? God is still in charge, amen? I still got breath in my, my lungs and they, they do too and they're going to go out and do what God's called them to do. We have four total transitions that's going to be happening in the next month up to the next six months. And I could have told everybody about them, you know, kind of just trickled them out a little bit of time, but, but we know about them already. And I thought, you know what? Let's just go ahead and share it all now. So that everybody, when they're kind of wondering about the decisions that are being made and the placements that are happening, how and why we're making those, those decisions, all right? And so Dana, uh, our children's pastor, and, uh, who is one of our children's ministries, or part of our team there, um, she was going to go to school part-time, but she really feels the Lord leading her to go full-time. And she doesn't feel like she'll be able to do the ministry responsibilities here at Central the same way in which sh she has been doing. And so she's given a resignation to be done by the end of the month. Um, Pastor uh, Christy um, got healed. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And, and Pastor Christie, I mean, I, she, I don't want to steal her thunder or anything, but, but, but God, God was, I mean, she was, went into the hospital and doctors are saying, you're experiencing heart failure or having some situations with your heart, right? Yeah, heart, disease. heart disease. There we go, yeah. And, and, and it was like, what? And, whoa, what? I mean, just took the breath right out of, of everything, you know? It's like, what? But has struggled physically and is doing things today that she couldn't do since before she was 19 years of age. Amen? You sit down. She'll tell it publicly, all right? But I, I'm just giving you the, the highlights, all right? The, the cliff notes of this. And, and uh, you know, um, is, is going to... Is, wants to, to go into, into full-time both ministry and also to, just to work and such. And so she, she's uh, actually been invited back to uh, Western Michigan Teen Challenge as a full-time uh, teacher, counselor, and worship leader and things like that, that. That's there. So that's awesome. Amen? And uh, we've been thankful for the time and almost a year that she's been here with us. And she's going to see us through to the end of the summer and, and help us out with transitions and such. So that's going to be her. The other one is, you know, Pastor Raymond. Pastor Raymond is not leaving immediately, but he feels a call of God on his life to missions. And uh, he's just looking for that direction, how that can be fulfilled, and his wife as well. And, and they're not sure if the, the next step, 
that they take will actually lead them into missions right away, or if it'll be something that'll be another position that will prepare them for that. And so uh, he's let me know that. We've known it for about three months or so. We're not trying to keep things from him, but just trying to let him find his way and pray for him and bless him. And, and, and we, I want this church to do that. I want, you know, I, I, I want people to know when they are searching for the will of God in their life. You know what? It takes a little bit of time from time to time, does it not? And so uh, that, that, that's what's happening for him. And, and he's, he may leave before the end of the summer, we're not sure, and, or, or in six months from now. But, but regardless, what he has done, and we met with the young people on Wednesday night, and we commissioned them all to get ready for, cha- for change. Get ready to, 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 to grow. Get ready to experience a different path than what you guess expected. But guess what? It can be great. It can be awesome for you as you take ownership of what, the mission that God has given to you. Fourth position is concerning Pastor Doug Hill. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, he's my friend. <laughs> Pastor Doug and I go back 19 years. And uh, we, it is, uh, um, when, when I came here as the lead pastor three years ago, um, we had discussions both with me and the board, and we were talking about where we were at with staffing and such. And, and Pastor Doug had indicated and, and had been, and been set up during the interim per, um, time, transition time, uh, that he was handing off the reins for worship ministry uh, to Lisa at that time and, and, and had really desired for, felt like the Lord was moving in a ministry concentration in other areas. And if he could stay here doing that, if we had the means and the capability to be able to do that, then he'd like to be able to do that. Of course, who wouldn't want Pastor Doug <laughs> to be able to stay? And, and so we were able to do that uh, for three years, and, uh, and, and, and we, we made strategic and intentional decisions and staffing and such. But as a church goes, there's, there's also some, some things in, that we have not been able to do because we were, frankly, just staff-heavy. And we're not staff-heavy because we've got a bunch of unneeded, necessary people. We, we just were staff heavy in planning for growth and so uh our our budget basically uh uh, we try to we'd like to be or lots of we're told lots of healthy churches are running with about 35 to 45 percent of their annual income that would go towards uh salaries and budget for staff and pastors we're about 60 percent and so it doesn't allow for us to do some other ministry things that we really need to do and take care of Pastor Doug, when I met with him, and he knows it because he meets with us as far as the board on a regular basis, he says, it makes sense, you know, that this, that this position would be eliminated, his position would be eliminated. So he's being you know, laid off. That position is because is, we're a church of about 300 people. And to have a, a, a lead pastor and to have a full-time senior associate financially is just not going to work for us long term. And so uh, Pastor Doug is, is uh, going to be done at the end of this month. And uh, he's, he's saying he's, he's on vacation right now. That's why he's not here. He's not ducking out on anything. But um, felt like, you know, it would be a, an okay time for us to be able to present this so that you can call and, and, and him within reason. <laughs> and you can love on him and you can show your appreciation. At the end of the month, on the 30th of, uh, of July, we'll have a, a sending off celebration and, 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 and appreciation and honoring him for his years of 19 years of service that he's had here. And... Uh, you know, uh, for some people right now who are emotionally tied to this as, as I am, you might feel like this is a storm. You might feel like this is a shipwreck. <laughs> you might feel, my goodness, I've been bitten. I- I'm telling you, here's what we need to do. I need to respond like Paul did and shake that thing off. Amen? Shake off the attack of the enemy to try to distract us and detour us from what God has for us. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
I don't know of anybody that's ever come in into a service and announced four pastoral changes and transitions within one service. Never heard of it before. I don't know. Maybe it's happened. But I just thought, you know what? I'm feeling this as far as pain of, the, of it. And I like the congregation to not just feel the pain with me, but to pray with me for the next steps. Does that make sense to everybody here today? Amen. So uh, I, that, that, that's some of the news and, and uh, as far as the, the, the pressing on. But here's the thing. The thing is this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. My determination, go ahead and have the praise team come if you would please, is that I want to press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I believe that there's other people here today who want to do that with me. There's other people today who want to say, yeah, it's a different path. The, um, always love, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, um, it's a different path than what we wanted to go. And we're certainly going to miss these individuals when the times finally happen. But certainly, God has not taken his hand off of our rudder. He has not taken his hand off of our lives. He is more than ropes underneath the boat holding us together. He's given us everything that we need in order to be sustained, not just for survivability, but for thriveability. How many of you believe that? Raise your hand with me. Come on. Come on. Well, we got, believe you say, well, I, I, I do believe that, all right? But it's hard. We're going we're to honor all these people in, in the right, right times and the right ways, and that'll be coming. You say, well, what's next, Pastor? That's a lot of vacancies. That's a lot of things. God's already rolling out and developing some of the plan that's going to happen for that. It's already happening in my heart, and, and I can't give you all the details of it yet because there's some other things that need to line up. But I'm just here to assure you that God's got a plan for Central. And these people aren't leaving because they don't believe in Central. They don't believe in the direction that it's going. or they, they're, 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 they're frustrated or anything. And these are the reasons that it's happening. And so I want you to pray with me, amen. We're going to pray for unity. But before we do that, you know, maybe there's some individuals here today. And, and uh, you're just saying, you know what? The storms of life, the wreck that I find myself in, the attacks of the enemy it's stolen away my hope pastor and and I really like prayer today and I'm not going to have anyone bow your heads or close your eyes but but the enemy's coming against you and trying to steal your hope I, I want everybody to see you raise your hand because I want them to pray for you alright is that okay that we could do that if you're experiencing right now you're, you're, the enemy's trying to steal your hope would you lift up your hand so you know what I'll be vulnerable Come on, look around. Look around. Everybody keep your eyes up and open. And, and I want you to move. I know we're sitting down right now, but I want you to get up and move. Someone get up and get to these people who are right there where they're at right now. Put an arm on their shoulder, all right? Get ready to do that. Somebody, yeah, there you go. Everybody, everyone. Right now, and I want you to begin to pray. We can do that, right? We can pray for one another. The Bible says that this should be a house of prayer. And Father, right now, I come into agreement with every person in this room. And we declare today 
that the schemes, the strategies, and the intentions of the enemy will come to naught in Jesus' name. They will not be successful. There will not be any fruit in those attacks, but instead there will be increase that will happen to these individuals. There will be things that will begin to be deposited within their minds that will transfer down into their hearts and it will be in their knower, I pray in Jesus' name. It, be, it will become part of who they are. Lord, hope arise right now. Encouragement come right now in Jesus' name. As they begin to chart their path, as they begin to look forward towards overcoming the attacks of the enemy, as they think about the ways in which they've responded to things in the past, and they say, maybe I need to do this differently. Maybe I need to respond differently. Lord, help them, I pray. Find a scripture. Find a prayer. Find somebody who will come alongside of them. In Jesus' name, let hope come. Let it come, I pray. Let it come, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, heal the hearts, heal the wounds. Let them see that you are a miracle-working God today. You are the same today as you were yesterday. We give you praise and glory for it. And everybody who believes that, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand, all right? Give Him a clap offering. Thank you, Lord. Everybody stand to your feet if you would, please. You're here today and you need more uh, conversation, you need more talk or whatever. We're available to you all the time. There's prayer requests, uh, forms and contacts and connections that can be made on our app. There's prayer cards that are in front of you in, the, in your seat. You can fill those things out and someone will contact you. Let us know what need it is that you have. You want special prayer after any of our services at any point in time, it's always available. No one's too busy. People come to me on a regular basis and say, Pastor, you're so busy. I said, why don't you tell me about that? Well, you're just so busy. Listen, busy is part of our, of our makeup. But busy doesn't make us successful, all right? I mean, as it's, it's far as what we do, all right? But we're busy doing the work of God. And God always creates room to minister to those who are in need. So don't ever think that. Don't ever stop that way, all right? Short that way. This song we're going to close with. And we're going to pray that God will help us as a church to be able to move forward. And um, like I said, uh, more information will come as we know more about the transitions. But I appreciate all of you praying for us. Praying for those families that are being affected as a result of that. And that God would lead us and guide us in this time. Amen? So pray with me and then we're going to sing this song in closing. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to realize that you are still on the throne. That you have a plan for our lives. That you're going to take us to the next place. I thank you, Lord, for being more than enough. For every staff person who is transitioning right now, I pray, God, that you will uh, allow for uh, Dana to, to have the equipping that she wants to go and do ministry, Lord. I pray, God, that the people will be around her that will input, input into her life and, and that the days ahead will be even greater for her as far as for the kingdom and influence. Christy, God, and, and the influence that she's had on us and, and has already in TC and for in years past, but, but will even now will be greater. Pastor Raymond, that you'll guide him and Ben and Sadie and their children, Lord, that they will help them as they, they move along and find your direction for their life. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. Thank you for Pastor Doug, his faithful years of service, a friend to me, God, a, a confidant to me, someone who's been there by my side, and, and I thank you, Lord, for these last three years. And I pray, God, blessings upon him and Terry, God, their extended family. I pray, God, that you would just as I spoke with him on the phone just even last night and he says, Pastor, it's going it's to be good. It's going to be okay. God's got this. Lord, thank you for touching him and moving in him and honoring him. 
God, for his response to this different path, to this different way in which things are going. I give you the praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's sing this song in closing one time through before you dismiss. Let it get down within your heart. Recognize who he is. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. pain in the night. The joy comes in the morning. And when the oceans rage, I don't have to be afraid. Your 